Welcome back, my friends, to the sweet spot where IT leaders share the insight with other leaders and others that want to lead. My name is Carlos Vargas, and as in every week, I have my two co-hosts, Howard Holton and Paul Lewis. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. So, so before Paul starts, <laughs> I, I, I do want to start with we're, we're doing a little bit different episode this time. So for our longtime viewer... Uh, <laughs> You will know that that we do very, very, very little prep. We have about a minute that we that we 90 seconds that we kind of run through. Like, here's an idea for a topic. Ooh, we like that topic. Let's not get started on it. Or um Howard will go through all of his steam before we get it recorded. Um, that's the amount of prep. So we're we've we've done a different prep for this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, where, we, uh, we have zero seconds of prep. Zero um, seconds of prep. So Paul is just going to lob a grenade, and Carlos and I are going to run with it. Wait, before that, did you win yesterday, or did you lost? Mm, I don't bet. Uh, so, yeah, so so we had planned on going to a Super Bowl party, um, but I had been traveling all week, so honestly, I was a little tired and didn't really want to, so we stayed home. Um, the The house that we were going to is a Kansas City house. They're from Kansas, and like... They, when when there's a touchdown, they have an automation that happens in the house that flashes the lights, the Kansas City colors. <laughs> uh, so I was naturally going to root for the 49ers because yeah, you know right. I'm not yeah. letting anybody get away get away with that crap. Um, so I stuck with the 49ers. So I lost. You should have brought your own automation, like like <laughs> <laughs> getting the Bluetooth speaker underneath the couch or something. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Or at least visit just before and just plant it. Just to... I am totally. I go to their house frequently enough. I'm totally going to do that. I'm going to hide. I'm going to find an outlet where I can plug something in and then hide the Bluetooth speaker, or <laughs> hide, hide like a an Alexa speaker or something. Something that'll be connected so I can randomly, randomly do shit throughout the week. <laughs> Ooh, that you gave me just a good idea. I'm going to tie something with my wife. <laughs> my, my son has a Google Home in his room. So as I'm walking by his room, 100% of the time, I will say, hey, Google, play Time Warp. <laughs> and I find it hilarious. He's finding it less and less hilarious over time. For sure. <laughs> I'm finding it consistently hilarious. For sure. I can see why. <laughs> so, Paul, where are we going? All right. Uh, so I've spent some quality time um, speaking out about a one specific <laughs> hilariously i have a google home in my office would it shock you what's playing right now <laughs> <laughs> hey google stop <laughs> you couldn't hear it because it was on two but yeah it was behind us uh, so i i spent some time at a sales kickoff and in front of cmos and in front of cios recently so we'll call it We'll call it in total 150 of those people, but you know, different people, people who sell technology, people who operate technology and people who arguably are partners of technology, right? CMOs. Um, and part of my pitch, as you've heard my pitch before is effective quotes, right? So I'll go through, here's what I hear real people actually say. And one of those quotes, I get a lot more nods than I expected to get. I thought I'd get a few, but I got a lot more nuts than I expected to get. And this is the quote that I have heard often and, and now I talk about. Data is not my number one asset. And then they will continue to say, 
do you know how I know that's true? And I'll say, tell me more. And they'll say, this is how I know it's true. I have 1,000 people who work for me. I'm the CIO. And I have 12 people in my data team. That's how I know data is not my number one asset. Is it valuable to me? Sure. Is it an asset? Certainly. But I guarantee you now it is not my number one asset. Um, mm, that's interesting. And, and I thought about that more. Right? And I said, well, let me let me double click on that in my head. And this is the conversation I'd like to have. If I look at the CIO perspective of that, I just mean the IT perspective. You kind of think of insights as the preparation. You think of insights as what's the context? What's the business model? What's the change in the business over time? What's the transformation I'm trying to do? What's a customer? What's a product? What's, you're trying to get the what's, why's, who's, and where's in order to find an interesting insight and make that insight available. That's kind of the CIO and CTO perspective. But what's everybody else's perspective rather the CIO is not that. It's not all the work you had to do to get the insight. It's the um, outcome of the insight that you created. In fact, I'm using the term, um, are you producing more than you're consuming? So from the CMO's perspective, the CFO's perspective, the chief supply officer's perspective, they're saying, while it's all well and good that you spent $100,000 to get this interesting insight, that matters not to me. What matters is that you've produced $300,000 worth of value of the $100,000 you've spent. So are you producing, i.e. 300,000, of the consumption, the 100,000 you did? Now that production could be revenue, that production could be expense reduction, that, that production could be capitalization, right? It could be a whole bunch of stuff. But then I now see this distinction between how CIO slash IT thinks and how everybody else thinks. And that, that battle has ensured that data doesn't become the asset because these guys think it's about the effort it takes to get the insight. These guys think is, well, what's the outcome based on that insight? value of the insight and you're not over. Right, right, right. What's the cost of the insight versus what's the value of the insight? Correct. Correct. Right. Do, you, do you perceive the same battle? Uh, well, what's interesting is um, the 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 both of them look at it through that lens without any awareness of the other side of the lens as well, right? Like <laughs> that's the weird part. It's not a mirror, right? I mean, it is a mirror, not a glass, not, like, not right. a right. window, right? Yeah. It's it's it, yeah, it's it's the the men's bathroom versus the women's bathroom, which tend to have sinks facing each other kind of thing. Right. Architectural because it makes it easy. Um, and it is that, right? I'm staring at a mirror that just looks back at me when in fact right. I should be in a room with no mirror at all. And we right. should be having a conversation about, hey, like how much value do we get from that thing that I did? Because I need to validate that it's got, that, that the value, that I've got an ROI, even though I don't like ROIs, I think they're a silly way to measure things, but but still, Right. And and what you get instead is, well, it, it only cost a hundred thousand dollars. Cool. It it only drove Y value. Does right. is that math acceptable? Is that math reasonable? Right. Um, I think part of the problem is it's always an incomplete picture. Mm. Right? Because okay, so so you did this thing, it drives it cost a hundred thousand dollars. It's got three hundred thousand dollars in value. 
but there's cost between outside of IT that's not factored into that hundred thousand right. dollars. That could be two hundred fifty thousand dollars in cost. Right. It could be two thousand dollars in cost. Right. But we're not having that conversation. So yeah, I see that. I, I see that a lot. Um, and ultimately, it's it's you know we've we've kind of kind of talked around this this topic in the past. Um, I, I would say data is not my most valuable asset because data does not equal insight. Mm. Right. It's a path to it. Right. And and even then, insight by itself, without the ability to, to take action on that insight, also has no value. Right. Data in and of itself is purely academic. Right. Data that drives insight without action is also purely academic. Right. Matter of fact, one of the most consistent CDO responses to me when I say, why aren't you growing is. I haven't been able to prove the value of the insights I create. Yep. In other words, I might be able to get lucky, right? I find an insight that produces a million dollars, but there's no consistency to that. And there's no reproducibility to that. And I can't, I can't, I'm not a futurist. I can't project whether any insight I produce will actually create any value at all. And therefore I'm topped out at 12 people. They're not going to give me 15. Sure, but isn't that because they're doing it backwards? I was going to say that. Like Shouldn't they be talking to each other to well, figure well, out what they need? But it sounds like it's ready, go, set. <laughs> Tell us more. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, um, I should know before I even begin a data project what the outcome is going to be worth. I, it may not be right, but I should know what it is. You know what I mean? Like, shouldn't you have at least attempt it? Yes. Right. Shouldn't you have a conversation with a business that goes, um, "Hey, like, we wish we could do this." Like, we used to do this at, at Itachi. It was, yeah. it was literally the framework. I wish I could do this. Cool. Right. This is roughly how much that would cost, within a comma. Like, literally, we weren't trying to get super exact. Just, you know, if I were to back of napkin this, it's going to cost kind of this to do. Cool. Right. This is kind of the value that it would provide. Great. Those numbers kind of align. Let's go in and we'll both validate from our side that those two things are true. And so you should always have that information before you set out on the project. It doesn't make any sense to me that you would go, well, I can never, I can never get a, a value response. No, but before you started the project, you should have known what it was worth to the business. And again, like part of product management, which everything we do should be a product is constantly revisiting and go, Hey, did we come close to the target? Like, was your estimate right? Was my estimate right? Where they were wrong? Is that okay? Like, we knew right. this was a little theoretical when we started. How do we how do we make sure that it, it actually hits the target? Did we refine the target at all? Like, every time uh, I hear this, that's all the questions that pop into my head. I think too much time is seeking out the unicorn, in, unicorn insight. Mm -hmm. right? That one piece of knowledge that makes them understand the thing they should buy, right? The decision they should make. Sure. The, production efficiency that had they not done this analysis, they wouldn't get the answer. But that can't possibly be the only reason why the data team exists, is finding well, and, these unicorn insights. And if they did, once it's done, why don't you just fire your data team? Right. You, you found the bullet. Right. It's done. Right. Eden has been discovered. <laughs> mark. Right. Like, we're done. Uh, but no, I mean, I see that all the time, right? Okay, well, if I'm going to make this investment, then it ne really needs to move the needle on the business. No, it doesn't. You're a $6 billion business investing $5 million. Right. It doesn't need to move the needle at all. If you could see the needle from space, like if you can really see the the, the macro view of that, 
um, the micro that five million moves, you shouldn't shouldn't be visible on the needle. And if it right. is visible on the needle at all, it's worth the investment, right? I just think of a gas gauge. Like, do you really notice every ounce of or every um, centiliter for those not in the U.S. of fuel <laughs> that that your car consumes? No, no, of course you don't. You wouldn't notice that needle move. Why do we expect the same in business? It's the same ratio, right? Right. If you're a billion dollar business and you're making a million dollar investment and you can watch the needle twitch, that seems like a good investment. As long as it twitches towards the positive. I'll be clear. If it twitches towards the negative, you probably have an answer too. It's just not the one you wanted. <laughs> one could argue that the description of data being the new oil has been to the detriment of the data team. Uh, in that way, I would say yes. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, like we've, we've, we've had this discussion before, right. But I think it's, I think it's the data team themselves that makes it worse. Mm. Right? Data is the new oil. Oh, so I can strike it rich. Right. Right. Well, sure. You, you can strike it rich in this, in that you could be another commodity distributor of oil. Right. Right. But the, but the reality is what makes oil so valuable is the 4,000 applications we have for oil <laughs> right. Right? for petroleum. In order to get there, you have to also go through the process of discovering what are your 4,000 uses of that oil, right? right? The point is it's an untapped resource within your environment, not it's a get-rich-quick scheme. Which has been a problem point. Because right? they want to value every single insight instead of valuing a series of insights or not presuming that every insight would actually even produce value. Well, we didn't pull oil out of the ground and go, holy crap, we invented plastic. <laughs> right. Like, like those two things didn't happen over a weekend. And it seems like that's what people expect with 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 um, data, right? Instead, what we did was we went, oh, my God, we don't have to slaughter, slaughter whales anymore, and everyone can have light. Right. Right, because it replaced... It replaced they um, didn't look at their dirty hands and say, you know what? I could hold my leftovers from last night. Right. <laughs> right. Look, it's 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 amazing the 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 kind of kind of cognitive dissonance we've leapt to in not understanding that. And and the reality is it's it's um it's the fault of the vendors, it's the fault of the practitioners, it's not the fault of business. Right. Business is always looking for a magic bullet each and every time. Of course. Yeah. Right. So that's fine, but it's up to us to learn how to explain these things so that they make sense. Yeah, if you take it out of data and you just put it back into the regular CIO stuff, certainly the business are saying you're dropping a million dollars in IT, you better be producing something out of that. Sure. New one, revenue. One million and one dollar. Something, right? Right. Your value always must outweigh your cost or you're being fiscally irresponsible. Right. Right. So as a CIO, your job is to be fiscally responsible. To be fiscally responsible, it means you spend a dollar to make a dollar ten or whatever the exchange rate is. Right, you spend a dollar to make more than a dollar, whether that's like you said through capitalization, through operating expense reduction, or through you know new business acquisition. Yeah, if you make the same amount but in a different way, that insight gave you the opportunity that okay, I spent a million dollars. Now I oh, I learned that I can make that same million in this new way. Is that considered a good no investment? No, why not? It because you're going to, in, in the organizational change, to capture that million dollars, you've got additional expenses on top of that million dollars. 
right? So if I spend a million dollars and I say, okay, so we made this money on Mondays, instead we're going to make it on Tuesdays, I now have to reschedule everybody that worked on Monday for Tuesday. But I already have people on Tuesday that are occupying the desks that people on Monday occupied. So now I have to have new desks for the people. You know what I mean? I'm using a real basic example, but you're, no. you're cannibalizing your existing revenue and you're not getting much out of it. Right. I'm cannibalizing existing revenue for an ex for a dollar for dollar exchange. It's always a bad, a bad idea. So that will be a bad result that you get from your insights. They fall the sudden, oh, I can do it this way. I, I would argue that's a fireable result, not a bad yeah. <laughs> Unless that insight is also said, you're going to lose the first million regardless. Sure. Right? That, that, that's going away, right? You you lived a good life, uh, but <laughs> the world is changing and it's going in away. That case, right. In that case, that is likely new money. And to think about it and to talk about it as an exchange of money is the wrong way to talk about it. Okay. Right. We as an organization have already identified that these dollars are going away. It is a matter of time. And we can already see the horizon for that, right? It it by the end of three years, this will be zero. We don't know when it'll be 90% or 50%, but we know by the end of three years it'll be zero. Right. Okay. So now we have to figure out a way to to recover that 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 money, and that's gonna involve a shift. But that's new money. To think about that as an exchange of money is silly. It's incorrect. Right. Another problem of the CDO team versus the CIO team is the um, understanding of keep the lights on. So there is an understanding in the IT world where um, I don't have to justify every penny because there's a certain amount of dollars that need to exist or the company wouldn't exist. Whereas on the CDO side, they're feeling pressure to have to, um, to justify every dollar spent every time, every year. So they don't get new money because they have to justify the $12 they're already spending, right? But they're all, they're all green money. Yeah. Right? The same problem security had when we started. Exactly. And it's only now that's now, I mean like right now that security is changing from um, what value you bring into the company to holy, 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 holy crap, we weren't doing enough to begin with. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. now that that How much more do you need? <laughs> right. The likelihood that anything else is gonna fall into security is pretty rare. Right. Security is like legal. I don't have a choice but to invest in legal. I'd really like to reduce my investment, but it's mostly driven by the outside in. So I don't really, so I can just kind of complain about it, but I can't really do anything about it. Right. Security is kind of similar, right? Data is very, very different. Data is an investment. Data is an investment you make for the future. And that's also where I think people are making a mistake. They're not thinking about it as an investment I make to set my company up for success in the future. It's what can I get this quarter? Right. Right. And that's how most organizations operate, right? Sure, we have a we have a three-year plan. We have a five-year plan. We have an 18-month plan. The reality is all we care about is next quarter because if anything goes wrong, the next quarter, we'll throw the whole plan away, in which case it's not a plan. It's a it's a wish. Right. So right. what do you what advice do you give to CDOs who have to figure out how to apply a KTLO standard, not unlike security and IT? Uh, well, one, you don't have a KTLO standard. So you, you, it's not a thing. You've, you've got to justify your spend. That is correct. Zero to a hundred every year. That is correct. Oh yeah. Because if you turn off my data fabric, what happens? All that new stuff that I never got any money out of goes away. Okay. I don't really care. That's right. The, the company is still going to be able to operate if, if the data business goes away, if the things that roll up to the CDO go away. Right. Right. That is not true of IT. You turn off the ERP, the business stops. You turn off the accounting That's system, the business stops. You turn off email, the business stops. Yeah. Right. Well, would you recommend putting their dashboards, their MIS, the things that they actually use on a day-to-day -day basis under the CDO? 
in order to give them a KTLO perception? No, no, because because that's effectively shoring up CDOs that I don't think are doing the job correctly. Hmm. The fact is, your job is to help drive new business. Right. Right. Like you should be closely aligned with the chief strategy officer. Right. Right. You should be talking to the COO and the and the CEO what about what is your strategy for the next eighteen months. Right. right. You should be sitting with the CFO and going, what lines of business are losing money today? Maybe we can help. Right. Right. Like that's you you should be a futurist, not a not a whatever not a futurist is. Wish bullish. Right. Well, enjoy the freedom of being able to be a futurist. No right. nobody else in the organization is truly allowed to do that to that level. But that's really what you should be doing. You're building solutions today for tomorrow's problems. You're not building solutions for yesterday's problems. Hmm. Right. And if it's you are, state. you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Will the CDO be looking for ways to help the company innovate? Absolutely. So then how will then, because they're going to be trying to innovate and there's going to be some probably some money that's going to be lost. So they have to justify, hey, I, if you want me to innovate, I need to have money. So I'm looking at those two, like, are they different buckets or they just pile it together for, for the CDO so they could do it? We have it, but let's say, let's let's take data completely out, right? Let's say we manufacture um, picks, cell phones, right? We make yep. cell phones. Um, they, they have a three-day battery life. Um, the last innovation was uh, text messaging, right? Now the internet is, is in everyone's home and everybody wants to be able to share pictures and have them not look like garbage. Right. There is a huge investment and a lot of risk being a company that's going to innovate and say, put a decent camera on the on a, on a cell phone for the first time. Mm -hmm. And the instant you do that, you now also have to put a good screen because I need to see what the picture is. Right. I need an interface that allows me to email it or text it and share it in whatever way I want to share it. Right. Yeah. I need a way to get it back into my computer's my my computer's photo repository. Yeah. Right. And so we're now we're now beginning a series of steps that's a long-term innovation, right? Apple, Apple's a two trillion dollar company and makes very few products. Mm -hmm. And they take a long view. That's why they are a two trillion dollar company that makes very few products. Right. Because they, they think about the investment that it takes to create an innovation. And an innovation requires an ecosystem. Otherwise, it's just invention. Good luck with invention. Right. right. Apple is successful in everything they do because all of it is innovation. As in, it's an invention that gets brought to market at the right time within the right ecosystem to create lasting value. Right. Right. Why do all these other companies fail when they try to do it? Because to them, it's an investment. We're going to give it a shot for 18 months. Oh, we didn't mean 18 months. We meant 12. Oh, we didn't mean 12. We meant nine. Oh, we didn't see the value in six. We're killing it. <laughs> right. That's that's how yeah. that stuff works for most companies. And that's why most companies fail where Apple succeeds. Right? That's why companies fail where Elon Musk succeeds. Elon sees the production itself as the product and the the innovation, right? The production line. Sorry, not the product, the production line. Right. In, so he takes a very, very yeah. long view. Well, but he takes a very long view of all of it. Right. I mean, look at SpaceX. Right, they estimate that to put a man to put a colony on Mars is going to take uh, a thousand ships, a hundred trips, 
or a hundred trips, a hundred ships, a thousand trips. Like yeah. the scale of that is unmatched. And yet that's their mission. Right. Right. Their mission isn't even to go, we need to get down to 20. Their mission is just, we need to get to the point where we can do that at that scale. I think he's ineffectively using generative AI. That's the problem. I mean, <laughs> he's distracted by X, but you know, that's a different conversation, um, which is fine with me. But but my, my, my point being, right, you have to take a long view. And if you're going to get into data, it is a long view and it is an investment. But each of those investments has an investment cost. And if you want to do another investment, it has another investment cost. Right. Right. And the failure, the failure of one is not a failure of the investment program. That's why it's an investment. It's not a guarantee. So how does the CDO get, how do they double their team? How do they convince the powers that be that they need to be bigger? Or is there your argument they shouldn't be bigger? No, my argument is they should be able to scale, which is right. which doesn't necessarily mean they get bigger, right? But they do need to be able to scale with the organization. And and what I have found is the way they design too many of their projects requires constant care and feeding. So once I assign a data team to a particular project, they never leave that team. Right. right. Think about it that way. Is insight engine? They need to be a factory of insights. They need to be a factory. Correct. Right. In the same way that IT is a factory. Think about how terrible it would be if the second I assigned an architect and an engineer to deliver a project, I never got to use that architect and engineer for anything else. Sorry, right. that's all they do now forever. We have architect, engineer, system administrators, right. and support people, right? And and as the, the 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 product matures, the delivery matures for that particular thing, right? More and more of it shifts right, right? So more of the of the roles are to um, support folks that are less that are paid less than sysadmins who are paid less than system than than engineers who are paid less than architects right right we in it we we focus very heavily on burning expensive resources the least amount of time possible i don't see the same within data right and so there's a fundamental problem in how we deliver data projects where we're not using the lessons that we've learned over the course of hundreds of years right, right. i mean think about if you had to have an architect swinging a hammer Ah, oh, he designed the building. He's the only one that knows it. He's got to swing the hammer every day. I don't know what to tell you. Right. So you get the architect back when the building's done. Although he's going to have to take over maintenance and janitorial. <laughs> no one else. Right. That, like we don't do that in anything else. It would be ridiculous. Right. And yet we do it within data. Does that mean a federated data team is more appropriate than a centralized data team? In other words, put the busy guys, gals, in the business to which you need to create an insight. Whereas the engineering team would sit centrally necessarily. Absolutely. It's absolutely what we really do in IT, but but we should be doing more in data. Well, and it and it should be a question very early on in the process, along with, you know, what's the wish? Can we budget it? It should also be, can it be maintained outside of this team? Right? right. What do we think the care and feeding of this project will be once we deliver it and it's in production? Right, because if you productionalize it and you can't move it out of your expensive resources, right, your your data engineers and your data scientists, it is then it's never done. In which case, it's never actually delivered. In which case, you've accomplished nothing. Right, right, and we can't then count those as successful. And so, if you wonder why your team's not getting any bigger, your team's not getting any bigger because you're not delivering the thing you said you were going to deliver. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't mean that to sound like I think you're. I think people are malintentioned. That's not at all it. Right. Um, we're still in kind of the emerging phase for a lot of these tools. If you look at the tool sets and, and how the tool sets have been year over year, it's massive change. Yeah. 
right? We're still sure. talking about data catalogs and data fabrics as though they're new. Yeah, they're they're new and they're not new. They just haven't been solved in a way that allows them to be fully scalable, fully production ready, fully you know enterprise kind of grade. There's right. still so much churn in that, and some of that churn comes from the you know the, the people designing the software. Some of that churn comes from business not understanding how to how to run and own and operate those things. Right. But some of it comes from data is really, really, really complex, and we still we still think we can eat an elephant all, a whole, you know, one bite per elephant. Is yeah, I'll give right? you an example. The the delineation is not entirely obvious all the time. So there are some organizations that would say, you know what, just make the data lake accessible via ODBC connection to the business, and let them effectively do everything. I will create a visualization, I'll do the SQL, I will produce all the insights. Yep. Um, and then other organizations will say, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't know how to do any of those things. Let me just, let me produce the dashboard so that you have, you know, drop downable things, also, also nothing. but far more control, right? Yes. Both of them are broken and both of them are wrong. So, right. so let's, let's <laughs> right. deal with the first one first, right? Because part of the problem, part of one of the things you need to solve as a CDO um, is you need to establish a consistent language around data throughout the organization, mm. right? When we talk about things that aren't necessarily data things, the data needs to show that there's consistency, right? right. So this is what a sale means to our organization. When our organization says sale, it means this thing and the data is driven from here and here alone. There's right. no two places, one, one record of authority. Right? When we say produced, when we say delivered, <laughs> when we say whatever, this is what those things mean. If you if you just have a distributed operation, then you will continue to have 20 definitions of a sale, in which case you no longer have the common language and you're losing most, if not all, of the insight that data could be delivering that has any global impact to the organization whatsoever. Right. You can't have global impact without a global agreement on definition. Right. In the second model, you can't deliver anything if you're so slow to do so that the window for the insight passed months ago. Right. You've got a backlog of a thousand insights. Right. Yeah. Right. It's it's also why smart data consultant organizations talk so much about a term I don't like center of innovation. Hmm. Or, or center of excellence. They call it center of excellence. I like center of innovation, but they talk about center of excellence. Center of excellence is supposed to be, hey, we've centralized the things that are at a, that, that must be centralized to a bare minimum. Right. We've done it in in a way to make it the most agile, the most scalable possible. And we're not here to do it for you. We're here to teach you how to do it and ensure that it's consistent and to share things that we've learned across the organization. So if you come up with something really, really interesting in Latin American sales, we want to bubble that up so that everyone gets to see it so it can become something that, that anyone in sales can use. And right. hey, it might also be something that finance could use because it seems interesting, right? And so we're not, we're not duplicating efforts over and over again, right? We're, we're taking the lessons learned and having one place we can bubble that up. That's why I like center of innovation versus center of excellence. But So you're not just curating the data, you're arguably curating the insights. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Right. That's what works. The other two options fail to do the things that are that are central to providing value of value from data to the organization. Right. Right. And again, you end up finding yourself in, well, now I'm stuck with the care and feeding of everything that we've ever delivered, which is only five things. And there's never an ROI on it because the care and feeding is too high. Right. 
right? If I'm not doing that care and feeding, right? I'm maintaining systems, I'm maintaining thought, I'm maintaining um, architectures, and I'm maintaining practices, that's a whole lot easier. And neither world can be perfect. Like in a world where it's just um, dashboards, you're not perfect because you create big backlogs of change. Mm -hmm. In a world where I'm giving you direct access to the lake, it's not perfect because there is no situation where it contains all data. It's just not possible, right? It, the reality is my portfolio of applications includes things I build and things I buy. And of the things that I buy, I probably don't have access to the data. Right. So, you know, you know, I could probably download some of that data, but it's certainly not the entirety of that, you know, Salesforce database. Right. For sure. And or I simply couldn't afford it. If I could download all the data from those source applications, there's no real way, no real way to put it somewhere that it would not be a million dollars a month. Right. So there's no winner in those situations. So if there's no winner in either situation, you've got to figure out sort of the best bet middle, which is here is a dictionary to which we've all agreed to. Here is data packages to which you should access. Here's reusable insights to which you could use in your dashboards. Um, and then I'm going to teach you how to fish. I'm going to teach you how to find the right data assets, consume the right data insights in order to answer whatever question you're asking yourselves right now. If that makes sense. Cool. Well, good. That's exactly what I want to talk through. <laughs> so one question that then come to mind, I think that Howard mentioned, we have had learnings from how IT operates. Should the CDO take similar approach when you have a small IT shop, you operate one way. As you grow, then you add different structure. Is the CDO should be part of the traditional IT so it can leverage the, I'm going to call it the economy of scale, but like the expertise that we have within the IT world, because sometimes I see that they duplicate. You have people that understand dashboarding may not understand it at the higher level, like uh, the, the data experts, but that you can then uh, utilize what you're doing for regular support or IT, and you can leverage it then with the business data. Does that make sense? Um, it, it does. Uh, I would say you need more than one teacher because um, corporate IT, right, the CIO's organization isn't typically federated, and when it is federated, isn't federated completely, and, you, and the CDO has to be federated completely. So I would also talk to like the sales organization. Sales organizations tend to have a lot of federation because countries operate differently. So they buy differently, right? And so like LATAM is a really, really, really good example. You need to operate LATAM very different than you do Europe, very different than you do the Middle East, very different than you do APAC. And so so I, I would look to multiple places inside your organization and say, hey, IT, is are there things I can steal from you? Because you're a technical department that has um, differentiation of work, like we talked about. And sales, can I talk to you? Because you also have have to operate in a highly federated way. So, can we talk about how you've how you've been able to successfully federate um, and and give agency to your country leaders while while retaining some centralized control and federation as well? Hmm. Are you finding that the term ownership 
of the core system and or the core data is has evolved over time like uh, in the day in the back in the day you know cio owned everything right in in the grand scheme of things and then that has evolved to saying you know what sales could own salesforce uh the coo could own the erp and what that really meant was you should determine what features are most important to you and then prioritize that to the cio but i'm not sure data ownership is equivalent to those two what do you I mean think? I think it's a bit of a false dichotomy to think that sales can own Salesforce. Okay. Right. Just just from the perspective of when something goes wrong, they're still calling IT. Right. Right. And therefore, <laughs> IT has some ownership. Right. Right. So so I do think smart organizations have either figured out or been forced, right? Because GDPR kind of forces it to say there's a data owner, there's an application owner, there's an experience owner. Mm -hmm. Right, and we do need to think about these things and assign the the both the authority and responsibility accordingly. Right, right. Um, and I think the same remains true of data. Um, who owns the data is the wrong question. Right, but but documenting the flow of data and establishing an owner at each of the flow points mm -hmm. is the right way to think about it. Right, because I don't know that the CDO owns the all the data in the organization, because right. that means they then define how the data is input into the originating system. And that may be the totality of the of the influence they have in the originating system, in which case they can't really own the data. And by using your example, who really owns the definition of sale? Right. It's not entirely obvious who would own that if there was an owner. Um, no, and 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 I'm not sure that there is an owner, right? Like right. one owner, but there has to be one agreed definition. Yeah, there's got to be a decider at some point. I assume. Sure. Sure, and I think that's where the CEO needs to get involved, right? Maybe, maybe it's the CFO that, de right. that defines it, right? But I think each one of those does need to have an, an ultimate arbiter, right? To determine, like, okay, we've now we've now gone round and round on this for three weeks. I'm now putting a, a stake in the in the sand and saying this is the definition of sales. Everybody gets on board or 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 move on, right? Right, and 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 as a CDO, you have to be able to say, look, I can't deliver global insights on anything that is not globally defined. Right. Right. Period. End statement. It doesn't move beyond that. Right. You can't then go, well, sales sees sales differently. They see it the moment the PO is signed. Right. That's great. We have decided it's when we've received payment that a sale is considered sold. Right. Not in, not be, not one second before then. So we need a different definition for what sales is calling sales is calling us. Those sale. are two different words now. That is that is correct. And they <laughs> enjoy your two different and words. You will never deliver a dashboard that uses the wrong word for the wrong thing. Right. Right. And if you can't do that, you're you're set up for failure. Right. And it is up to you as the CDO to explain that to the organization and get the organization to understand. So then there can be application owners, yep. but there isn't data owners there's data deciders um that is true i do think the cdo owns whatever the central data repository is okay that may Platform. not be the originating data system right right but they may own the data leak of the data and the data fabric that may be cdo things but i would say the cdo owns the things that the cdo stands up not the things that that operate the business right the 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 data systems that are used for data to derive these insights should be somewhat independent the level of independence is obviously open for debate right but it should be somewhat independent and that should be owned by the cdo the cdo needs to have control over the data quality of that system 
right. and you may not have it in, in in everywhere else, right? And if you can't control the the the, the quality of the data going into that system, you need the authority to say that it cannot come into the system, we cannot use it, and you cannot derive insight from it. Right. Right. Again, right. otherwise, you're being set up for failure. And and what's the point? And I mean, it's great if you want to be one of those people that just collects a check for, for, for doing nothing for as long as that lasts. That's great. There's tons of ex executives that do that. But let's let's try to actually be good at our jobs. And part of being good at your job is is saying no. Right. You need to say no probably twice as often as you say yes. Otherwise, you're just going to get overwhelmed and never deliver anything. I like that we've effectively proven that, yeah, that is correct. Data is not your number one asset. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Check. Carlos, that was good. Well, See? and we doubted 40 minutes could be derived from this. <laughs> and the insights, we minutes. derive a lot of insights. There's no way we doubted 40 minutes could be derived from this because we didn't know what this was before we started yeah. recording. <laughs> <laughs> But definitely, it's, it's important to understand what whatever we're doing, are we actually producing more than what we're consuming? Mm -hmm. I think that that's the key message. Are you taking the time to understand, hey, all this is what I'm consuming, could be money, resources, people. What my output, is it being something that anybody else could use? If at the end of the day it's not, then we're going to have a problem. So my friends, make sure that you share, you subscribe, and we'll see you on our next episode.